0: the capital city crew podcast join your hosts jeff owen josh and herman as they dive deep into the game of malifaux explore sophisticated strategies and creative combinations but always remember in malifaux bad things happen
1: hello and welcome to the capital city crew podcast we are back again with some more malifaux goodness and today we are going to start the first of our two-part overview of the Explorer Society. So this is not going to be a deep dive. We'll save that for a little bit later, but we're going to go quickly through the first half of the Explorer Society models, uh, talking about what the keywords do, what the masters do in a general sense, first impressions, the the flavor, the art, the rules, um, and really getting a first look. So who are the first four that we're gonna tackle today? Well, we're gonna start with Frontier. Uh, most folks have seen the handful of new models that have been added to Cornelius Bass's crew, uh, but we're gonna talk briefly on about the changes. Then we're gonna jump to EVS with Maxine, we're gonna go to Seeker with Nexus, uh, and then we're gonna go to Cadmus Uh, or sorry, uh, Seeker with Jetsa, Cadmus with Nexus. Uh, We're going to be tackling these in ascending order of creepiness. So uh, without further ado, uh, let's quickly jump to the rest of the group. Um, Do we want to start with some first impressions just overall? How about you, Jeff? Uh, I mean, we can uh, first impressions
2: of Explorer Society as a whole, uh, I think, that they did actually did a very good job of balancing uh, a lot of these models, to have a whole brand new faction coming out. Um, I've played games where uh, I've been on the receiving end of a butt-kicking, and I've been on played games where I've been giving the butt-kicking, so um, I think most of these, there may be a model here or there that needs some slight tweaks, but overall the faction uh, plays really well. I mean, there are models in other factions that also need slight tweaks, uh, but uh, the, they, did a gr- they did a great job on this release
3: yeah the I've been through a bunch of different edition changes and progressive editions for a variety of different games both like Malfo, first all the way up to third edition and Dungeons and Dragons third edition fourth edition and fifth edition and one of the things you observe from the first books the first models to the, some of the later ones is that the developers really start to understand how the game works like the initial stuff tends to be good, but sometimes it hits it, sometimes it misses. And as they're going along, they're really learning how to make models that are good. And I think that really shows in the Explorer Society. A lot of the stuff across the board seems really good because they figure out how to make models that people will want to field. And a lot of these masters have really interesting shticks and a lot of like crazy, wacky uh, capabilities that you haven't seen yet in Malifaux.
0: I mean, I think the first thing to tell people is, you know, you go through, you look at this and there's a whole lot of, they can do what? They can do this. They can do that. That's crazy. Play against it. Then take a deep breath and play against it again. Sometimes it takes a couple of times and it's, you know, it's something that everyone talks about specifically with games like Malifaux, 40k, Warhammer, uh, War Machine, all these things is that the first time you see something, it's going to be surprising. It's going to kick your ass and then you're going to need to learn how to adapt to it. And explore society falls into that bucket very well. Now, I do think that they overall did a good job designing it. I am concerned because I think it's just as Jeff and Josh said, you know, you get increasing efficiency with models, increasingly better at design for your game for the new structure of the edition that you've created. But that means that things are built better. And so you do still have this, you know, it's a better thought out faction than necessarily ones that have pre-existing models that you have to find a role for. So I think I'd say that there's like less um, chaff in this faction.
3: Yeah, and some of the some of the models that they put out are heavily patterned on existing ones, and and when we get to Jezza, the the damned in particular is absolutely what I fine. You 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 shut your incorrect mouth, but we'll get to that later.
2: Um, I will say, uh, a lot of these the models that they've put in here. Um, they put them in other factions too. So even though in some instances uh, you may consider this model to be like a little bit of a power creep, the model is put in place to fix issues with some other crews at the same time, like uh, the Damned and Savage. You've got uh, one of the uh, EVS crew is joining uh, with the, um, oh, the, Mm, Colette's crew—I forgot what they what they were. Showgirls. So, uh, like everyone got something with this release, and uh, I think people are going to be kind of happy with it. And even if you play other factions, you're going to realize that, like, hey, I got a, a nice little boost to this as well. well.
0: I will say there were not as much like cross faction models as I expected.
2: Oh, I think there were more than I was expecting. The, like every faction got things. Resers. Rezzers, they got something. Shafted. But that's
3: neither here nor there.
2: Now you've made me curious, and I'm going to have to go back and look. I figured it would be something with Jedza, but I could be completely... No, I don't think
1: so. Um, I can look real quick. But but I want to touch on a point that Herman brought up, which is just something that everyone should keep in mind. With the rest of 3rd Edition, I mean, if you were brand new to the game this doesn't matter, but if you were coming from a previous edition, by and large, the models and masters in third edition existed in previous editions. So you had already came in knowing a general idea of what they did, what their sort of flavor uh, approach would be with these Explorer society models. These are all brand new to Malfo, So everyone's going to be on the equal footing of both, Experiencing it for the first time, maybe being confused, maybe misplaying it, maybe thinking it's overpowered, just stick with it and try these out. And I think you'll find that overall, the faction is pretty well balanced. And you know, weird did a really good job here. We haven't had this much drama since 10 Thunders. Another thing
3: I would I would want to point out that is totally unrelated to all of this stuff is that There are a lot of different connections from different models here to the other side, their their RB scale war game, which I think is awesome because that game is spectacular and really just got shafted for a variety of different reasons. And uh, if you're interested in any of those things, I highly recommend checking out the game. The Vassal app for it is pretty pretty awesome and has a lot of great built in capabilities and it's uh, definitely something that's worth checking out.
0: I will say the one, like, EVS chick looks like she's straight out of Abyssinia.
3: Oh, she is. She's absolutely just literally from Abyssinia.
1: All right. So um, with that introduction, out of the way, why don't we, why don't we quickly touch on the Frontier Faction, uh, and then we'll go to a quick break and then jump into the other three. So, uh, Jeff, you want to kick us off with just a, a recap of what is new for the Frontier faction?
2: Now, the Frontier uh, faction only received two uh, models, and they were the Rough Rider and the Sandworm. Uh, The Rough Rider, we got a pretty quick preview uh, ahead of time. It was released a couple of months ago because the models uh, already existed uh, in the, uh, uh, what was it, the... Uh, Lucas McCabe box the Rollins Black box. Um, so you had the alt models for that, for that, and um, the Rough Riders came out. They're they're fast. They're uh, decent models for what they are, um, and that's, uh, the heel that they have is pretty awesome. Uh, but I actually think they're way more useful with the Guild than they are with the Explorer Society.
0: I think they're aggressively mediocre. I mean. Willpower 4 on a 7-cost model. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're going to be in keyword with Bass, so he's going to want something kind of quick. But, like, you're looking at things in Guild, like the uh, the Guardsmen Riders, whatever they're called, the Mounted Guard. I mean, they have trash stats, and they're still, you know, 5 and 5, and Movement 7, not Movement 6, with uh, Ride With Me. So if you're looking for something within the faction, the thing already existed, even if it's kind of not a keyword. I think the thing is that the repeating rifle having that positive twist to hit helps a lot. And maybe the fact that they're cost seven, not cost eight.
2: Yeah. My, my big problem with this is uh, with the rough rider, you're adding uh, another gun to a crew that all had guns to begin with. So like bass isn't gaining anything new from them. It's not like they're like super mobile or anything like that. And he, and in the, in the book, he actually got something that was super mobile. I mean, the the rough riders are fast. They can move or uh, what is it, like, uh, 17, 18 inches per turn and can heal themselves along the way. But without the armor that you can add from uh, the guild, they're just, they, they die very quickly. And uh, it's, I, I don't, know. I, I'm not a big fan of the Rough Riders. Uh, I'll take one, but.
0: It's yeah, I bad. mean, like, I play like with uh, Mounted Guard and you're playing little games to keep them alive and they've got more health to replace, better stats, faster. So. And, and I mean, with the heel, the heel is nice, but you're, you know, searching out a seven of tomes.
1: What do we think about the Sandworm, the other model they got? So the
2: Sandworm itself, uh, I actually like the Sandworm, uh, mostly because it is a uh, soulstone miner that lost its armor and gained the ability to kill things. So... Um, Ever, it kind of made the kick-up dust uh, that all of the Frontier models have make sense. They create severe terrain and the Sandworm can come out of the severe terrain. The only problem with the Sandworm is it's defense 4, so uh, it's just, it takes a lot of damage and it doesn't have a whole lot of life. I think its uh, life is 8 if I remember correctly. And uh, So the big thing is it's kind of going to be buried a lot. Um, its abilities are kind of contradictory to itself. Uh, it has a an aura to do a hazardous aura that it can put up, but um, it also has a defense mechanism to, to, to bury. So the hazardous you you're not going to be able to stick around long if you stay there because you have such low defense. But if you try to stick there, stick it out, and use your hazardous aura to do damage to things that are attacking you, he's going to die quickly. So it's he's he's kind of a mixed bag, and the defenses that he has go in two different directions, and you don't really want to. Uh, You kind of wish that it was a, Hey, I get to bury and reduce the damage that I take. Like a lot of other models got or give them some different defenses and have them stick around on the board for a little longer. And you know, something along that line
0: and see like coming from the guild perspective, I look at him more as like an an undercover reporter plus where you're going to bring in this model that can really quickly and easily stretch the entire table for you. It's got the damage track in order to really threaten opposing scheme runners and can kind of hop all over the place. So, you know, the undercover reporter off the top of my head, I think he's seven plus one is eight. Out of keywords, you got a sandworm for eight with Bass specifically, but you have this model that fills that specific gap for guild of stretching the table and kind of getting those deep schemes done. So this is a model I'm particularly excited for because of that specific role that he can fill.
2: Um, I will say uh, the sandworm is pretty awesome in symbols of authority uh, because once he buries... Uh, at the end of the second turn, or even at the uh, you know, at the end of the second turn, you can unbury him next to any of the idols that's unguarded, and uh, at th- and then at the beginning of the third turn, just pick it up for a free score. Uh, so that's it's pretty awesome. With that, you can't do it in the same turn, but it's good.
3: I was thinking the exact opposite thing for recover evidence, where the sandworm is terrible.
2: Oh yeah, no sandworm recover.
3: No recover evidence where. I can give the sandworm an evidence sparker, and as a result, it can no longer bury.
0: Oh, didn't you actually do that to Jeff in a game?
3: I totally did that to Jeff. That was a Jack Dog game. So that four willpower on the Rough Rider was just, just chef's kiss exquisite.
0: Oh, yeah. And I mean, one of the things to actually really specifically mention is like we've had to play against Jeff in these models for several months now. So this isn't like theoretical knowledge to us.
2: Yeah, uh, one thing to be to watch out for um, it, with the Explorer Society, uh, the vast majority of their models are very low in willpower. Uh, as an example, the the Sandworm is not just defense for; he's also willpower for. Um, and they're just it's just a kind of a theme. Through all of the Explorer Society, they have a upgrade that they were nice enough to give them for two Soulstones that make it to where if you attack them uh, and models in a aura, uh, aura around them uh, with a willpower based attack, you're at a negative. But at the same time, there is a lot of low willpower models here, so it is a huge crutch that they have.
3: As I scroll past the Sandworm, and on literally the next page, we have Jedza with her willpower eight. But
0: what is that, Jeff? Stuff it. <laughs>
3: anyway i think that's probably uh enough about the the new things and we can
2: well i i do think uh just really quickly yeah uh the sandworm did bring one thing to bass he actually made paul crockett worth taking with a bass crew uh which is is kind of a highlight uh being able to jump to the uh using coordinated attack and scent of blood with uh you know the it didn't make any sense previously
1: but now it does so that's one thing the sandworm brought the other thing too is the sandworm does have the tech of being able to remove destructible terrain in a pulse. I mean, it's only a one inch, but against either uh, uh, Savage or the December Crew uh, or Misaki, that's going to be potentially valuable as a way to uh, to get rid of those destructible markers. It gets
2: back to how it's a. Uh a soulstone miner with thriller thriller. driller that's true but bass already had that ability he himself can use destructible terrain so uh it is uh you know adding more onto it but um it does provide something within explorer society where i can tech in the sandworm to bring up and remove markers uh that are laying around and with that i think we can head on to a break
1: All right, and welcome back from the break. So second up in our overview of the first four keywords is going to be the EVS keyword, along with master Maxine Agassiz. So um, who wants to start us off with an overview of EVS, what the theme of this keyword is, and what its general keyword abilities are?
0: Stupid Fluff Bunny question, because I don't read. What is EVS? Like, what's
1: it stand for? Uh, It is the ship, the EV Superior. So, EVS is EV Superior. That's the...
0: Wait, it's uh, an acronym of an acronym?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: That's really meta. I mean,
3: this is very... I mean, as a resident of the district, where TLAs are just a thing... I, this is hit very close to home.
2: No, I mean, if you really want to fluff any of this, uh, I want to say that this this fluff is kind of weird. She is not the captain of the EVS, even though you know that's her title. The captain is somebody else. She just has a lot of money, and her and her husband decided to. Uh, you know, commandeer this EVS ship, and then they hired a captain who is Kia Minima- Manami, whatever her name is. And then from there, they hired the crew, which is like Harada. And then they needed somebody that could be engineering, so they brought in Doctor Beeb. And like, so I like, she's not the captain; she's just kind of there to provide money.
3: No, she's also a genius. Like that's her background is being just a unparalleled genius.
2: If you look at the fluff, she's also insane because she flew into
1: the burning eye or whatever it is. It's like you've never met a genius before. Oh, PhD in physics, P- two PhDs, physics and mathematics, a master's in engineering and additional doctorates in chemistry and biology on fellowship in France. So interestingly, she's one of the few characters who is from the United States in the Malifaux universe.
0: Well, hang on a minute. Were these accredited institutions?
2: uh
1: by the guild maybe i don't know
2: unclear i mean uh, it doesn't say which college she went to so uh we don't know
3: that's true she met the burning man at the university of phoenix
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right so um
3: mechanically, yeah. mechanically uh <laughs> maxine and the evs crew are all about uh card manipulation and altering the values of cards based on their suit. They, they have two big keyword abilities to show up on a bunch of the cards. That's reconfigure and deep discovery. Reconfigure, which for most models has a suit associated with it means that this model may treat that suit of cards when cheating fate as having a value of nine, which means you can take garbage cards of the appropriate suit and uh, have them be above average in all cases if you're cheating them in. Which is pretty cool, particularly for if you're coming across anything with like a static target number. You can not have to worry about having just crap cards in your hand because someone may be able to use them. And Maxine herself gets to pick what suit she gets to use for her reconfigurability each turn. So you can base it off of what you have in hand or what suits you want to get on your triggers.
1: And that's really a key too, is that it's... it's not the same suit for every model. So uh, with Maxine aside, all the other ones have a specific suit, but it it ranges from masks on some to a tome on Dr. Beebe, uh, a crows on a couple of them. So it really has a potential to get a lot more (laughs) pretty decent flips. Um,
0: yeah, I mean every podcast ever talks about, you know, plan your hand. This one is a plan your hand plus.
2: Oh, and you have to. I mean, in general, her other ability that the rest of her crew shares is deep discovery. So once per activation, they can, uh, uh, when they would cheat fate, they can discard a card to cheat fate for the top with the top non Joker card of the opposing players deck, um, or the opposing players discard pile. Um, it's pretty neat, um, although you're constantly figuring out what to do with your hand, and you're also constantly watching what is being discarded in your opponent's hand, so it's pretty interesting, Uh, this particularly comes up when you go to attack, and you decide to cheat, you know, you attack, you get a high number of 12 or something, and they decide to cheat in that 13 to beat you, and then you attack the second time and use the card from their pile, so... Oh man,
3: uh, EVS versus Savage must just be a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't actually sussed out how that works. I imagine it's not entirely inscrutable, but I have not screwed that one yet.
0: I think it's the active player gets to choose, right? No wait. No. I, mean, I could let you choose my discard, and then I can put my discard in and screw you over.
2: Well, it's, it, it says when, uh, when you would cheat fate, and yours is when you flip, uh, you can choose to do it with the, take a wound and take it from the, it's not cheating fate, right? With savage, if I remember right?
0: That's correct. This is the start.
2: Right. So hers is when you would cheat fate. So uh, there's not a conflict there at all. Ugh. Ugh. Just fun times. I will say, if, if you're playing against this crew, attacking the hand is a very... I mean, she has a couple of ways of drawing cards, particularly her Captain the Superior ability, where when she cheats a card with uh, something that shares a reconfigure, uh, she gets to draw a card. But at the same time, that's just getting rid of a card and drawing a card. There's very little card draw on this crew, so if you attack her hand, uh, it gets rid of the advantage of reconfigure. Her other really
3: wacky, unprecedented power is probably impromptu innovation, which uh, target gains a condition of this model's choice that has not been gained from this action, this activation. So you can start handing out shielded or fast or slow or whatever because it's an attack action. You can use an friendly or foe. Uh, and she has some triggers on there that know let multiple models gain that condition or increase the value of that of the condition that you hand out
2: yeah and this really comes in handy with uh as an example you can uh cheat in the ram and put fast on not only dr b but also calypso uh so that's a a nice little ability and then uh if you want to go ahead and put uh focused on say one of the one of your hard hitters either minami or uh or kia or harada uh, you can put focused and cheat in a crow or get a crow with the flip to put focus two on them so that both their attacks are focused. Uh, that's basically how I have been uh, you know, playing her of is using her impromptu intervention to spread out really good conditions on my crew as well as hamper the other crew. But um, it's, that's the direction I'd go with it.
1: She also has this cool ordered in chaos ability, which while I think not necessarily the most powerful I like it because it's it's almost the mirror image of Misaki's ability to shuffle good cards into her own deck. It's shuffle bad cards into your opponent's deck from their discard pile, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, going on down the line, her, her
3: totem is her husband who is rocking the, uh, the Icarus look of a crazy man in a, in a flying suit uh, who functions as a pretty good... Free scheme Runner, fast flight, uh, the ability to get out of engagements uh, without losing his ability to take interact actions. Uh, this is one of those cases where the, the reconfigurability is keyed to some specific stuff on the card, uh, where it's reconfigure mask and he has some mask triggers on uh, on either attack actions or on his uh, tactical that has a, a, t- has a target number. So he can use those ma- really low masks to accomplish those triggers basically automatically by cheating.
0: I mean I think one of the things that you can really highlight with her is she's actually really, really fast between that, between Dr. BB and the little squid suit or the tide caller. I mean you have some some good, good speed in this
2: yeah, Orville's not really one of them, though. I wish he would have had uh, something to make him a little... I mean, he's only moved six, and uh, his bonus action is to make it to where he can walk away from things. Um, and then his up-we-go is kind of okay. Uh, it's only a stat two because he's only size two. But, I mean, he is a totem, so as totems go, he's pretty decent. But
0: I mean, when we played, you ran him straight up the flank. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah and and he has concealment and he gives concealment to everything around him but
0: yeah i mean he basically went unmolested because i had the rest of your crew in my freaking face bb
2: but but at the same time he's not there are scheme runners that accomplish things better than he does so uh it's the he's not bad but he's not good either
3: you can invest in beat sticks of which they have several the (laughs) the aforementioned tide caller uh, which, in addition to being a melee bead stick, is a height 4 model with toss. So it can toss anyone else in the crew.
0: Oh, it can do it can do more than that. Some bullshit. Uh,
2: it can actually do toss at range. Uh, and now it do, does reduce the range that you can toss things, but that uh, heavy torrent is pretty good.
3: Yes, a, a toss that you don't have to be proximal to the model to do. I think you'd net the same distance pushed but you don't have to be within one inch at the start of the, the action to do it.
2: And what's really good about, uh, the beaters and this, uh, and this not faction, but uh, keyword is you notice the tide collar is uh, a two, four, six damage track. And that's where that handing out the focus from the master comes into play where, uh, you know, hitting for six damage, it tends to hurt.
3: The other person that really matters for fat passing out conditions to is, uh, Kiyamanami, who is one of those models that's based off of uh, uh, the other side world, it's from the, the Abyssinian Empire, uh, has her charged spear attack. Which, if the model reduces their shielded condition during uh, when they make the attack, the damage on this becomes irreducible and it is a 246 damage spread. So, 246 irreducible is, if you listen to the Cry podcast, pretty good.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, the The nice thing about Kia is uh, she's one of those things where if you bring the uh, the emissary, the intrepid emissary, with her, she can uh, get additional shielded. Um, I haven't chosen to do that just because uh, this is an expensive crew. If you go that route, uh, she can give herself shielded. Uh, but you know, if it if it's one of the things you like to do, uh, you're and you're running on a a low or low model count, and you want to include a lot of these big beaters, uh, it's not a bad route to go.
0: No, I mean, it kind of opens up, like, if you're counter attacking against them, looking for condition removal that you can use offensively, like uh, Lady J and her final Justice Repose clearance sale
1: ability. When, yeah, because with Maxine's ability, impromptu Event, Impromptu invention, you can help power up that attack to try to guarantee that you're going to get the irreducible. So that's, that's some pretty interesting potential tech here. Uh, against armor, incorporeal, like all kinds of things. Right.
2: there, And there's a, a, a different way you can play this. You can take Maxine with those conditions and start handing out things like Staggered. Uh, and then Kia has a discus grenade that attacks move. Harada has a, uh, a a ranged attack that puts out shockwaves that hit, hit move. Um, you know, there's different ways to play this crew and I kind of like that. Uh, so it just depends on which way you want to go, which conditions you want to hand out. So I think the crew overall is pretty well balanced. Um, none of them are particularly broken. Um, but I I like it, uh, particularly one of my favorites, uh, and Harmon loves, uh, the combination is (laughs) is Dr. Beeb and Calypso. Uh, and what's cool about them is, first of all, the two of them together only cost 10 soul stones, which is awesome. Uh, you can read through the cards yourself and figure out why. But uh, while Dr. Beeb is buried as the pilot of Calypso, when Dr. Beeb takes actions, he can control Calypso while doing so. Uh, which is one of those things where when you, if Dr. Beeb is buried within Calypso, you can put fast on Calypso from Maxine. And then Dr. Beeb can also gain fast from the trigger. And so now you're running around with, even though he's only moved four, you're running around with uh, six actions plus two bonus actions that a single model can do. And, you know, two, three, four doesn't sound like a whole lot, but uh, it, it starts to add up. Plus that massive tentacles uh, trigger, it will just uh, set off your opponent greatly.
0: But the, I think the other thing that's kind of important is, like, this is a really good crew to not brick up against because you've got the blast from the discus grenade. You've got the BB tentacle whirlwind going on you. And then they have the ability to actually break these bricks apart with the tide collar and it's range toss with the harpooners pulling things in. So it's something where like I was playing Nelly in a brick and that did not go so great for me against this.
2: What? Why didn't it go well for you?
0: Literally for everything I just said.
2: I mean, are you sure?
0: Were you not paying attention?
2: No, not at all. I was reading <laughs> the okay. other. Uh, I was reading the upgrade.
0: I mean, I'm skipping past the part where I kicked
3: your ass and won that game, but still.
2: <laughs> good, so, good for you. well, uh, you were playing down. Broken Nelly, so right. remember. Remember so how
3: Herman is the literal sorest winner.
2: That's true. This is a true statement.
1: I'm just highlighting things I learned. That is true. Uh, all right. So overall, we would say EVS. Interesting keyword, highly mobile. It got some p- high potential damage spikes, some probably probably challenging to really master card manipulation abilities. Um, but it seems like this keyword has some really neat stuff, even without really delving super deep or optimizing the card stuff.
3: It has um, cool stuff, but it's also pretty straightforward. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah and and then when you're playing against this this is oh like i mentioned the harpooner's willpower four calypso's willpower one but he gets uh, dr b's willpower when he's inside which is only five the tidecaller's willpower five uh you know the as of right now it looks like all of their willpowers are maxine has the highest at six uh orville's is four like willpower is a good way to go against this crew
1: i mean five is is standard but also rare in this crew yeah. yeah, I mean,
0: there's a reason I didn't mind playing Nelly into it.
1: Yeah. So, um, any last thoughts on EVS?
0: I mean, I think as far as, like, all the different Explorer Society Masters, these guys feel very kind of like what their middle of the road looks like.
2: I agree. It, it's, I, I think it's they're not overpowered. They're not underpowered. Uh, they're just kind of, they're not particularly great at anything, and they're not really bad at anything. They're just kind of very middle of the road.
1: I think also they're going to – I think one thing they do have going for them is there's a lot of really cool flavor. Like the art of the Tide collar looks really cool. Like I I bet someone eventually – I bet they'll eventually make a translucent blue version of that that'll probably be amazing. They got this giant 50-millimeter base robot suit. Like there's some pretty neat stuff going on in the travel the world on our ship and collect a wild cast of characters from all over the old world. So
2: I do like uh, some of these models in the Explorer society have, there's just a common ability that some of these models, not all of them, but a lot of them have this depth of Malifaux uh, ability that uh, models unaffected by severe and hazardous terrain that's actually really nice uh I, I appreciate that especially it's very flavorful for explorers
0: not appreciating that as a everborn player fact
2: cry
1: more all right so um why don't we jump to a quick break and when we come back we will ratchet up the creepy scale um these first two weren't particularly creepy but we'll jump to our our fun new master jedza so stay with us Welcome back. Next up, we are going to talk about the seeker keyword headed up by a brand new master, Jedza. So who wants to start off the discussion of our creepy undead life leech master? So
0: I will say of all the ones in Explore Society, she's the one that kind of tilted me the most. Most of them are... I think actually fairly reasonable. She takes a lot of mechanics that turns it on their head and you really have to think about the matchup and what you're playing on when you go into her. So her basic idea is that she's kind of a bubble crew in a sense that she triggers off of healing and then off of terrain. So she can stop models li- literally from dying there. I think their background is they're seeking the fountain of youth and, they're zombie mummies something. I don't know. No, I don't she
2: she is like basically she is the fountain of youth like but it's not of youth. It, she brings life to everything around her, but the life isn't what you expect. So like uh, if something had died long ago, she it like brings it back to life, but it doesn't actually bring it to life. It just animates it.
3: It's necromancer bringing back to life as opposed to like
2: clerical bringing back to life.
0: When you say clerical, I think like someone with numbers, like an accountant, it's like, no, you're not dead yet.
2: Yeah, but it's, it's not just uh, like undead. Like she just brings random things back to life. Like the more wraiths are just like inanimate dirt that has been animated. But her
3: uh, keyword ability is the chronicle ability. Uh, and and these are a, a different kind of things. They're sort of like the uh, Sandeep keyword type abilities where they all have different effects, but they trigger off the same type of action. In this case, she has a bunch, her crew has a bunch of things that trigger when models within a six inch or a heel. And And they
0: all trigger
3: and they all trigger because they're all technically different abilities because they're all like Chronicle Wanderer or Chronicle Caravan or Chronicle Boobity Boo. So they all trigger Uh, and they do a wide range of different things
2: there is a question that we, we had all through beta and I don't know if this was ever answered. If a model's at full life and it heals, is it counted as having healed? It is not. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah. I believe what you,
0: cause that, that came up in the real swarm. Yeah. So it's been definitively answered by non-official sources.
3: Oh, cool. Definitively, not, not definitive. I was going to say definitively answered by non-official sources. It, it...
1: I don't know what you want from me. It was on the rules forums, and that was kind of the. So sound off, if so, listeners, sound off on a weird place in our Facebook post when we post this episode, and let us know what you think, uh, and or and ideally with links to evidence or arguments. So yeah, um, but yeah, and so oh, yep, yeah, go ahead.
0: So no, I mean this is important because you have so many things off of her that trigger. When a model heals, and one of the other things she can do is she can instead turn that heal into damage. So your guys are not healing within six inches of her, which is critically important to some crews. And that's why you have to really think about how you're going to play against her. And you want to look at things that separate her models out of that six-inch bubble of her preventing them from dying. Keep your models out of that six-inch bubble of her preventing you from healing. And then be prepared to have those things trigger like a freaking jackpot casino when some poor model does heal. So again, that's one of those ones. The first time you can play against it is, it's rough. It is not fun, and then you're going to learn from that.
3: Also, uh, fun fact: any enemy model with one wound that doesn't either have or doesn't have regeneration, uh, instantly dies if they start their activation within six inches of Jedza. So
2: keep that in mind. That, that's true. Um, that is true. <laughs> um uh i i will say i'd like her flavor uh i like the uh if you have things that rely on healing keep them out of a, her six inch bubble because she's just gonna uh rip them to pieces um she has card draw just like molly exactly the exact same ability of lost knowledge but what i think is really interesting about her is her interaction with uh severe terrain and actually not just severe terrain, but terrain in general. Uh, the Life of the Earth ability that she has, where she gets a targeted terrain piece, and uh, the, it, within a pulse, there's a target number move duel, or you take different effects depending on what that terrain piece does and how other things in her crew generate terrain or are themselves terrain that have different traits. Is I think that is a h- awesome mechanic and probably one of the reasons why Jed's is one of my favorite releases on this.
0: It's certainly a mechanic that's really interesting and fun and curious to play. Do not play Euripides into it. <laughs> those ice pillars become not your friend. Frozen Vigor ain't going to save you. And those garyons with the healing off the ice pillar reform from ice, that, that's not going to go either.
2: <laughs> uh, he, he's a little tilted. Uh, it didn't work out too well for uh, Euripides. I, cl- I clawed back a little bit, but not enough. <laughs>
3: And then the rest of the back of her card is the uh, Hodgepodge Emissary.
2: Th- that's true. Uh, it is very much a Hodgepodge Emissary, except keep in mind that Plenty of Wares very quickly turns into I get to automatically do two, three, four damage to a model somewhere around me uh so if she wants to and she has the cards in her hand she can automatically do four damage to something and there's nothing you can do about it so um one of the weaknesses of this crew is this crew itself most of it is very slow jed's move four, sophie's move four, mikhail's move four. i mean some of them have the ways of making themselves faster but this crew itself most of them are very slow
3: so uh going into sophie the uh Undead cow Totem of in the Seeker crew. Uh, it does. It's a good girl. She does look like a good girl. It, it's um, delightful fluff, honestly. Like, yeah, no, it's 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 uplifting. Some of Jedza's stuff is really grim and depressing. Some of it is really uplifting.
0: I have no idea if you all are being sarcastic or not.
1: No, no, really. So, the, all right. So the flavor is Jedza happened upon this, uh, this poor starving family and their Oroch was like on its last legs. So she was like, all right, I'm going to buy this, or- this almost dead Oroch off you so that they could survive and eat. And then the Oroch immediately dies, but then comes back to life because Jedza. And then it's like, cool, I'm just going to hang out with you. And so it, it just is now her loyal companion going all over the world on adventures. like And because delightful. this is Malifaux, she used
2: to travel to town to town with Sophie, and she hung bells on Sophie because the kids liked to play with her. Uh, but the kids stopped playing with Sophie when its flesh started falling off and rotting. Yeah.
3: Awkward. <laughs> but Awkward. so continuing the this is the hodgepodge emissary theme, uh, Sophie has move along, so all of the move four models in the crew are move five if they start within three inches of her.
0: So all that uh, complaining that Jeff just did, we can ignore?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean if you want to stay in a three inch bubble for the rest of the game.
1: I mean, as an outcast player, that is super easy to engineer, like to get your key moves in the three inch bubble.
0: I'm actually kind of surprised that Owen's not jumping to Explore Society because that's that totem is the only thing he ever takes in outcast.
1: <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh It is pretty awesome. I mean, this this crew seems really cool. It's got Ostringer's, uh, or an Ostringer, basically, whose name is Ostera. Um, (laughs) Maybe a little on the nose uh, name-wise, but... um, There's, There's a lot of that the that- yeah, austera is very
2: very cool uh other than the aerial strike uh i would take i actually take Ostera and other crews because her nature's rejuvenation once per activation you can discard two cards and draw two cards you mean i don't have a spin the stall stone to do that every turn cool that's awesome like uh her she is between scheme marker manipulation, dropping them, her aerial strike that doesn't require uh, line of sight and ignores cover and concealment as a bonus action, like she is a very good model, and I really enjoy her.
3: But getting into other models that are basically just existing models but better, the Damned, which is a l- undead blessed of December, but with a more of a face. It's a uh, blessing
0: to Euripides,
3: I'll tell you that. Yeah, it it is basically just an upgraded Blessed of December for the exact same cost.
1: Flavor wise, it, it is literally it's literally a blessing, a Blessed of December, a Blessed of December. Um, so she picked it up from the tyrant. I wouldn't necessarily say it's an upgraded
2: Blessed of December because the Blessed of December is really good. I think it's basically. Blessed of December. It's, it has a couple of different abilities, but it's uh, it's very similar to the Blessed of December itself,
3: with like healing and uh, support abilities, and the old ways and a ranged attack.
2: But it doesn't have
3: Frozen Vigor. Ooh!
0: <laughs> no, I will say I've been rocking this guy out with Euripides for like I don't even know how long now, and it is exactly what that keyword needed it will become such a crutch piece for Savage. It's not even a joke.
1: So I guess moving on through the models, we'll we'll loop back to her henchmen, but to touch on the other minions, um, the Grave Goo, I think, is a really interesting minion. I've had the opportunity to play against this and make the mistake of putting a bunch of my models in a forest and then the grave goo is like cool. I'm gonna come walk into the forest, and it has the ability of uh, enemy models treat terrain in base contact with it as hazardous, damage one, poison one. So if you are in any kind of area terrain, the grave goo is gonna ruin your day. Um, so it's a really good, but b I wonder if there's actually some play with the grave goo and frontier, cause they make terrain marker 50 millimeter terrain, all of the board with their dust storm. Do you think there might be some play with the grave goo making that now, uh, da- damage one poison one hazard terrain?
2: I think that's a good possibility. I think the, between the slippery where, uh, that you have to be in base contact in order to hit them hard to wound regeneration. They are defense five. And then, uh, they're in golf where if you have something really big that comes up against you, uh, you can usually, most things that are really big are slower in movement, uh, so that you can bury it. Uh, I I think there might be some play there. I I would be willing to pay eight for the Grave coup in another, uh, faction. So, or in another keyword.
0: No, I mean, I think that's a really good synergy that I hadn't considered
2: just keep in mind willpower 4 that's uh that's what it's crutch i can tell you just uh, right off the bat uh explorer society are not fans of obeys uh it ruins your day
3: but if you tell them that they're fans of obeys they repeat
1: it back to you touche uh so let's loop back to mikhail the henchman any any just high level thoughts i mean granted we're not We're trying not to do a deep dive that we are kind of veering into that territory. The, the, uh, The
3: important thing to note about Mikhail is that he's not Mikhail. He's Mikhail the 16th and coming from a long
2: line of Mikhail's as it turns out. That is true. Now, I I will say the reason the difference between our overview and our deep dive is, you know, this is what people talk about in their their deep dives. They go through the the cards one by one and they mention all of the abilities. Uh, Our deep dive is going to be like how you can use these models and other crews. We're not going to read to you the abilities and things like that. Everyone can read. But, um, you know, just a high level overview of Mikhail is he's slow. And his uh, caught in the ring ability is just phenomenal. Uh, you can't get away from it, and he's pretty badass. Uh, his my father's legacy can help things get out uh, while you know, giving him focus, and he hits hard. So that's pretty much all he has. Do you to want him. to explain what
1: caught in the ring is, though, just for the listeners' benefit?
2: When you're you, if you're engaging him, you cannot target any other models with attack actions. So uh, he's. He basically, you're stuck there with him.
3: So regarding Mikhail's speed, he's only really slow until he is instantaneously exceedingly fast. Yeah. Uh, his chronicle ability uh, lets you place into base contact with the model that was healed. So that's just like seven inches of movement you can cheese out of that. up, And it can happen once per activation. So if you're going up against a crew with like regen or models that you can heal so that they trigger the ability he can go really really far without actually spending any ap
1: well and remember jedza can heal with plenty of wear so heal one of your own models within six of mikhail jump mikhail into base to get seven free moves
2: uh, one of the cool abilities that he has is his uh, with his attack action. it is three, four, five damage, but the other part of it is this: he can have any one model within four inches of the target heal one. So if you're within six inches of Jedza, you can make it uh, take one point of damage, or you can heal a model and get him out of uh, trouble. Where like you can just have a grave goo sitting next nearby, you heal the grave goo, and suddenly Mikhail's on the other side of the grave goo safe. So it's uh not not that he needs to worry about getting hit a whole lot. He's defense six with armor and hard to. Kill, but you know he he has abilities to jump around. It's kind of neat. And probably like the, model.
3: the last cool trick that he has, my father's legacy, uh, is a tactical action targeting a friendly model. It makes enemy models move. <laughs> yes. So you have unresistible forced move on enemy models. Uh, if you if you set up the situation, so at strats and schemes that require your ed- the enemies to be in a specific position, it's like well, I guess I can just. Shunt them out of that, and they have no ability to resist that. S- real, seems real good. Seems seems real good.
1: Yeah, overall, this keyword I would say seems very strong. Uh, there's definitely some uh, some fiddly bits around, like and, and actually, we haven't talked about Jensa's big ability to keep your own models alive, but like she has an aura where if a friendly model would die or be reduced to zero wounds she can discard a token to heal it too um but like i think there's going to be a lot of interesting room to explore like how do you optimize moving this crew using the six inch bubbles of their chronicle abilities um, and really doing some pretty powerful stuff with those Combinations, but I think it's gonna be definitely stronger in the hands of a player who's gotten a lot of reps in with this
2: Well, well, you actually uh, didn't go through the full fragility like you explain fragility of life but it couples with chronicle wanderer where uh if you reduce a model to zero wounds within six inches of her she heals it too so it's not dead but her chronicle wanderer is if a model is healed within six inches of her uh she can reduce the next damage that the healed model receives by to zero so not only does she keep it alive she also basically makes it uh immune so like as an example mikhail you, you get him down to hard to kill, then you finally kill him. She brings him back to life with two wounds. He can reduce the next hit he takes down to zero and then on top of that can go down to hard to kill again and then get killed again. Like it's, she makes them very resilient.
0: Yeah, and that's where you're going to want those abilities like Heave or Obey or Pulls or Pushes or things like Hole in the World that get her the hell away from her crew or get her crew the hell away from each other.
3: Jed's is probably highest on the list of the first time you play against them you're just going to be appalled at the stuff you come across just straight up appalled
0: not to mention like they're not easy guys to kill either there's a lot of uh, shielded a lot of armor you know mikhail's got hard to kill like they're also just hardy models in and of themselves
3: Yes, and Jedza seems to have taken all of the willpower for the entire faction and
2: kept it for herself. (laughs) That's true. Uh, She is not afraid of Obeys at all, because
1: she's a master in willpower 8. Yeah, so, but I mean, as with everything Explorers, right, like, it's gonna seem super busted the first time you play it, but having, you know, internally played this a few times, it is strong. It's definitely competitive, but I don't think it's Completely busted. Like there are, there's counterplay. There's things you can do. Um, there's a lot of interesting ways to interact against this crew as the opponent. So just read, read through it a couple times before you face off against it for the first time. And keep
2: in mind, if you have things in your faction that uh, make it to where models can't heal. Uh, It's a complete counter to this. Like, uh, if you can't heal, then no healing was done. So no harming, no nothing.
0: Yep. Orte Cruz uh, are very resilient in and of themselves with hard to wound, hard to kill, armor, shielded, so that way you don't need to have healing baked into your game plan.
2: I actually can see Seamus... coming out of the woodwork with this, where uh, his bells start luring models away from Jedza, and then he pops out and just uh, annihilates them. So maybe Seamus will come out.
3: Explorers is just a long con to make Seamus viable.
2: I mean, I'll I'll allow it.
0: Can you imagine McMorning with all his healing?
3: It's
2: going to be (laughs) unpleasant. Unpleasant. Well, it is only once per activation, so she only gets to do it once.
1: All right, any last thoughts on the seeker keyword before we move to the creepiest keyword. No. Okay. All right. Well, we'll head to a break and stick with us. When we come back, we'll be talking about the terrifying spider people Cadmus. All right. And welcome back. So for the, Fourth and last keyword of this first part of our Explorer Society podcast. We're going to jump to the creepy spider insect-ish. Technically,
3: they're mites, which is a suborder of arachnia, Uh, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. So spider
3: people. Uh, Subclass. uh, I'm sorry. Ikari.
2: Ladies and
1: gentlemen, this is why we keep Josh on the podcast. Exactly, uh, but yeah, that so that was incredibly specific. Definitely the creepiest Nexus. uh he like, is the leader of Cadmus. Yeah, I, I mean insectoid body horror is
3: what Malifaux has been missing, uh, and Nexus is just bringing that
2: in spades. Yeah, I. This is the. The one that I have looked forward to the most uh, out of all of these masters that have come out, it's actually one of the reasons why I switched over from my Neverborn over to uh, Explorer Society. And uh, I will say, uh, I think Nexus can be really powerful, but you're going to have a hard time with it uh, for a while. Um, It's going to take a while to master uh, the whole Cadmus keyword, and uh, there is a very steep learning curve to this
3: is probably the most extreme control master maybe in Malifaux just in terms of the complex interactions with other models and how you're uh, altering how your crew interacts with your opponent over time um, being able to target that m- effectively make them friendly to you first in certain contexts and allowing you to use some of your abilities on them. So it's, it's just a lot going on in this.
2: there is a lot of moving parts to Nexus, and if when you master all those moving parts, you're gonna be very strong, but until you master them, it, Nexus is gonna feel very, very weak to you.
0: yeah, this is one where I really want to watch someone play Nexus before I even like look at jumping in and reading those rules because it looks so complicated and like it's so curious and fascinating like you really want to see what it looks like when you get like someone really working the spiderwebs.
2: So just to give a brief overview of what the Cadmus keyword itself does, She has a hive mind upgrade, uh, which we can talk about in a a minute. But uh, she has an ability called We Are Legion. Actually, I guess they kind of go hand in hand. She has an ability called We Are Legion, uh, which during the activation phase, which is literally any time that you are not in the beginning phase or the end phase, you're in the activation phase. So in case you're wondering about that, uh, when a model heals or suffers damage, it may choose another friendly catas model within four inches. Uh, that hasn't been picked this turn and pass that one damage or one healing off to that model.
3: This activation, not this turn.
2: This activation, correct, sorry. Um, So the reason why that plays into uh, Nexus is Nexus's crew, certain models have an ability to pass out a parasite. If a model, that's the hive upgrade that we talked about. If a model has a parasite, Nexus can can consider, uh, Cadmus in general, can consider it friendly, in the terms of all of these abilities. So you're going to see a lot of abilities stretched throughout this keyword that are like uh, a friendly model takes one point of damage and then pulses out damage to everything around it. Well, you know, it works for your crew because you can send in little bombs with cheap models called the eyes and the ears, but you can also use it against the enemy crew that have parasites. And on top of that, anytime if a model comes to you and you have a parasite model uh, or model with parasite near you, if something hits you, you can pass one damage off to that other model as well. So uh, this crew also plays around with poison. So a similar thing, if you have poison and a model has parasite near you, you can pass that poison damage off. Like there's a lot of interesting things that this, that work with this crew and it's very, everything moves fluidly with it. So if all that
1: sounded confusing, it's because it is. So why don't we, why don't we take a step back from the, well, Hey, we know so far it's super confusing. There's a lot of stuff going on high complexity but like what's what's the gist right like of the flavor of nexus who wants to run through that oh man so nexus was an
3: ancient hive mind entity created by titania and at one point she realized oh no this was a terrible idea because creating a hive mind is always a terrible idea so she put it to sleep couldn't kill it but put it to sleep uh, and recently it has broken out and has decided to start reinfecting people to spread its, uh, power and consciousness across f- everywhere. Cause that's what hive minds do for fun. And it does this using mites. So these parasites you're infecting with them are, are like giant bugs. And you can see that in a bunch of, well, I guess technically not bugs, bugs are. Hamlin,
2: eat <laughs> your heart out.
3: Yeah. So this is, this is what Hamlin wishes they could be. Uh nexus actually is so you see a lot of terrifying uh insect and arachnid themed creatures lots of eyes this has probably the most eyes outside of maybe some of the nightmare uh
2: keyword models no i think it has more than the nightmare keyword models. oh god so many eyes <laughs> uh I do like how they captured the flavor of the hive mind. So that upgrade that I spoke about the hive mind upgrade, if you kill Nexus, that hive mind upgrade passes to another Cadmus model. So the hive mind upgrade will always be in play no matter what, as long as there's something on the board that belongs to uh, Cadmus. Pro tip, Von Stuck, just run him up next to Cadmus and laugh. I mean, okay. I don't, think you really want to be next to cadmus but
3: okay um yeah so you have your your creepy spreading infecting spider themed things um coupled with nightmarish body horror of infecting people with with uh parasites and then turning them into uh berserker husks that go in and murder everything um so that sounds like a good time this this is like a thousand percent the crew for you (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah if you like playing hamlin and then you thought to yourself "Hmm, infecting people and having children uh you know controlled by this random entity that's not creepy enough nexus may be the master for you if you ever watch john carpenter's the thing and are like you know
3: what that that's what i want in my life uh cadmus is a crew for you
2: I I will say uh, the the shambling nest that uh, is is her totems are like this solidifies just how weird this is. They realize that the mites realize that no, I guess it's Cadmus as uh, as a whole that uh, humans burn out too quickly and they can't infest humans too much with mites because uh, people realized it. So what they did instead to spawn all these mites is they infected wildlife in random. Uh, forests of Malifaux and mummified it and turned it like, like spider webs and things all over it. And it's like kept alive by the will of Cadmus while it's infested with this stuff. And they hide out in the wilderness to make more of these mites. Like, so you could be just walking through the woods and suddenly you're infested by cat, but like, that's just weird.
1: And super creepy on um, flavor. So looking across the models in this keyword, unlike a lot of other key birds, well, actually, no. I guess they all have the "We Are Legion" ability, which is the the heal or damage pass off. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, they're pretty all over the map in terms of abilities. Um, do we want to do just a quick run through of any other standout models or abilities in this keyword? <sighs>
2: So the really big things to focus on are uh, Meredith Stanley uh, because she uh, helps to move Cadmus, who is by it uh, by itself very slow. Um, the um, berserker husks and the eyes and ears. The eyes and ears are your cheap models with allure, and they can be turned into berserker husks, which are your mediocre uh, beaters in the crew. But you can get a lot of them, and they're very expendable. When uh, you look through the flavor of the fluff and say and see that you know they're talking about how Cadmus considers her uh, minions and things like that. Uh, the different parts of her hide mine to be expendable. That's exactly what this is. I don't think I would play Nexus into uh, collect the bounty and things like that uh, just because her crew is designed to die.
3: And Meredith Stanley is very important to this as she lets you convert the eyes and ears models, the the really cheap uh, low powered models to the berserker husks. Uh, So you can turn some summonable chaff because one of the things that uh, Cadmus can do or that Nexus can do is summon more eyes and ears from either web or scheme markers. Uh, And then Meredith Stanley can convert those into beat sticks.
2: Yeah. And with the exception of your eyes and your ears, you want them around because when they die uh, they pulse out and have a chance to put a parasite token Uh, within two inches of when they die. And this crew relies on those parasite tokens a lot. Without those, uh, you're looking at uh, using Cadmus herself or the Shambling nests to put the parasites on. Uh, Those are the only real reliable things. But your Shambling Nest is a stat four. So uh, once you get the parasite uh, engine going, uh, this crew plays a lot better. But until you get that engine actually worked out, until you figure out how to get parasites onto enemies, you're going to have a rough time.
0: It's kind of funny because, like, from the outside looking in, it looks a little bit like Ulix, where instead of growing little piggies, you're growing little spider piggies.
2: Yeah, um, nothing like that at all.
0: I know. I mean, you make the cobwebs and you grow them up into eyes and ears, and you grow them up into berserker husks, and then they die. It's exactly
1: like Ulix.
3: <laughs> that is that is an interesting. Observation. That actually is an
1: interesting. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you can all go to hell, P- Peter Porker the Spider Pig.
3: <laughs> what? No, he does whatever
0: Spider Pig does.
2: Stop trying to ruin my keyword.
3: Oh, it's okay. Your keyword is a spider that was bitten by a radioactive pig.
2: Um, other things. Uh, moving on. <laughs> other things that you need to be worried about uh, in this crew is uh, that can catch people off guard is Meredith Stanley's quarantine ability. Where uh, until the end phase, enemy models cannot end a move or move through the area within one of the target. Uh, You can uh, like completely block off lanes where you can't. Like if you have something with a zero inch range, they literally cannot do anything to uh, some of these models. And keep in mind, you can only use that on a friendly Cadmus model or an enemy with poison plus three. But if you have a parasite, you are a friendly Cadmus model. Um, And then. Uh, what's her name? Sonya is going to be happy with the spell eaters. They uh, they are balanced between both Cadmus and Witch Hunter, so that whenever uh, an enemy is forced to discard, they either get burning or poison. Cadmus works off of poison, obviously. Witch Hunter works off of uh, burning. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean they're a fantastic take for her, and I'm really excited for them in Witch Hunter.
2: So you get more eyes too. Everybody gets
3: more eyes. I swear, the guild will hire anything if it. Shoots fire.
0: Hey, it's a requirement. Uh,
2: I do like uh, one of the things you're always going to take is the archivist um, or archivist, whatever you want to call it. Um, the reason why is it has ill omens plus two. This is something that the Neverborn pay two soul stones for, but with Cadmus, it is required uh, because Cadmus brings in a lot of models, and well, it's not uncommon to have 12, 13, 14 models on the board. Uh, because it helps fuel her, her end-of-turn abilities where she gets to obey models. But the Archivist helps you balance that out when it comes time for initiative, because your opponent is getting so many pass tokens. So like I said, this crew is very and depth, and it's going to take you a while to master it. The first time you play it, you're going to be like, what the heck, Uh, this isn't strong at all. But as you get going, it gets stronger, and and one day you're going to run run into a tournament and see Nexus just taking the top table, and you're going to wonder, how did that just happen? I thought Nexus was complete crap. Well, she's not, she's just very difficult to play. Cadmus, Cadmus, this is the Cadmus Uh, keyword. Yeah, I know, but uh, Nexus is the name of the...
3: They are one in the same.
2: Yeah, basically.
3: <laughs> uh, and in addition to all this weird, intricate complexity and complicated moving parts, you have the nightso creeper, which is about as bog standard spider model as you get in Malifaux. It has all the usual things that you expect on a spider model, uh, just in one place for right, its all it, sense.
2: <laughs> it likes it likes to die, and
1: it likes to die very quickly. Well, stat on its attack pretty awesome with the tear off the bite to heal but
3: venom strike web strand, create web creep along that's just your standard spider loadout yeah pretty much
0: this is going to be so weird to play into nightmare
3: (laughs) figurative nightmare versus literal nightmare
0: well also because they're all like crap ass willpower so terrifying is gonna screw them hard
2: and it does yes you are completely correct terrifying Freaking sucks for Explorer Society. Maybe that's why the Resurrectionists didn't get anything in uh, Explorer Society, because literally their terrifying crews counter half of the Explorer's Because we have
0: standards. That's kind of actually funny, because they're supposed to be out there exploring.
2: So Nexus, Willpower 7 shambling nest willpower three the archivist six meredith stanley five spell eater six and then we get into night silk Silk creeper four berserker husk three eyes and ears three hang on
0: hang on hang on hang on berserker husks are ruthless so again if you follow spider pig plan and grow things up into berserker husk you're perfectly fine i don't want to hear crap
2: oh they're also unless it's pig crap or they're also move four so even but they do have creep along because everything in this crew is creepy. It is going to be just an absolute blast. Hopefully no
3: one is scared of spiders. Or maybe they are. And well, I imagine pointing out that they're technically not spiders it won't help.
2: Yeah, I would uh with this crew um just for you know we're not doing a deep dive here but uh I this is a crew that I would consider taking uh things like uh the intrepid emissary to give them shielded so they they kind of stay alive a little bit longer or uh taking some more healing uh because Meredith stand like a lot of them take a lot of damage from stuff uh and Meredith Stanley does healing but she can't do it all by herself or uh there's also i've taken winston finnegan uh so i can get that extra card uh this crew is very card intensive uh so it's things to keep in mind um actually that's
0: a question for you as a person who's played a bunch of explorer societies as a whole how card intensive are they and are there ways that you're mitigating that or is it something that you consider is you know similar to willpower kind of a global weakness
2: um so it's not a global weakness there are some crews like uh evs and things like that that uh can help you out with your cards and make your cards more valuable but as a whole uh i've seen a lot of their crews do feel like they're card hungry and i run out of cards quickly and there are some ways to mitigate that winston finnegan uh when you bring him into a crew, he got he has arcane or arcane reservoir, so you get extra card. Um, some of the crew is like uh, Jedza. If you're going against um, anything that makes markers, she gets you to card draw. But a, a lot of their card draw exists, and their card manipulation exists within their masters and not the crews themselves. So you're not usually going to bring like Jedza with Nexus in order to get some card draw. So. Um, i do think that's that card draws a little bit of a weakness here i also think he, uh, with the exception of jedza healing is a bit of a weakness i haven't seen a whole lot of healing uh outside of specific keywords and uh and some of them you know i'd like more healing but uh overall as i mentioned in the beginning of this episode i think explorer society they, they came out to be pretty well balanced
1: all right well there you have it the first half of our Explorer Society overview uh, look for us to be back soon with the second half uh, in which we will be going over the rest of the faction uh, which is new models for McCabe's wastewolf World crew uh, Lord Cooper's crazy big game hunting Apex crew the Syndicate uh owners of the condor railroad to ridley uh, and the department of ungentlemanly affairs and all of its fun and exciting ghosts so um come back we will we look forward to talking to you all next time and enjoy playing some new explorer society
0: peace thank you for joining us for this episode of the capital city crew podcast we hope you tune in next time